we're saying hello to Sally Lucas as she joins us to talk travel. And Sally, as the cold weather, well, just has a hint of that coming our way, it's nice to think of somewhere warm and where else better in our own country? Than Kakadu, the top end, Darwin, Arnhem Land, Catherine Regent. All of the above. And it is a lovely time of the year to consider going there. And as we have mentioned earlier, Jane, you know, if you can go at the tail end of the wet, I know it is still a little warm, but remember the waterfalls and the, and the beautiful, you know, corroboree billabongs, etc., full of their lotus blossoms and lilies. And it's just such a pretty, pretty time of the year. I mean, if you can only go in the dry season, it's still a lovely place to go in the dry as well. I guess you can say you need to experience it, I think, in both seasons because um, it is very different. Um, so the end of the wet would be about when? Sort of, I guess, about the end of this month. And depending on how bad a wet they've had, I mean, it might even be into April sometimes, you know, depending on the extent of their storm season, which can vary, of course, as we all know. Um, they can still get storms up until then. But, you know, if you wanted to go May, late April, May, um, you certainly would be absolutely blown away by the amount of water you would see tumbling over these magnificent waterfalls and being able to go on these billabongs and see them, you know, when they're at their fullest. Also, when you're going at the tail end of the wet, if you don't really like crocodiles, you're not really going to see very many. Oh, really? Because all the banks are submerged. Ah, so they don't... There's been so much water, there's no uh, area for them to sun themselves. So you don't know where they are, of course. That's the other thing. (laughs) They're all lurking beneath. (laughs) So you don't get out of the boat still. Um, That's because you can't see them. They are there. But, you, it's yes, so if you want to see these really huge crocs, you've really got to go a little bit further into the season when then they want to get their warmth into their bodies in their winter months, and that's when you see them and spot them along the banks. Same when you go to Queensland, up around the Daintree and areas like that, it's a similar situation. So, But you can still go to the croc farms and all those sort of things where you can crocodilus park and all of that. So there's some wonderful things you can do up there. And as you know, Jane, there's that lovely walk you can do as well, which goes you know, from Catherine Gorge um, up through there through Edith Falls. And I mean, Edith Falls, again, is a most beautiful waterfall and swimming hole as well, as well as when you go into Litchfield. National Park, of course. You've got wonderful water holes there, Wangi, um, the Bluey, uh, the Bewley Rock Holes, um, Florence Falls, and there's the Lost City. If everyone's ever been to the Lost City in there, that, that's quite fascinating. And I did that one of the last times we, oh no, probably longer than that now, a few years ago, but that was great. And uh, it's a dirt, pretty rough road in there. So, so you need a four wheel drive for that. Better to have a four wheel drive because, depending if, again, if it's after the wet, there could be a lot of potholes and you don't want to bottom out a car and if you've hired one particularly and have to be up for excesses and all sorts of things for insurance. So always when you hire a car, be very careful because sometimes you cannot take them in off-road situations, okay, depending on – certainly not a sedan. That's that You just need to check with the company, even with the four-wheel drive, whether they still permit you to take it off-road. So always check Meaning that. Meaning onto a dirt road. Onto there. a dirt yeah. road, yes. And even to go into Corroboree Billabong, it's a dirt road as well, which is on the way to Kakadu where you can diverge and go into Corroboree. But just these are questions you would need to ask if you go to hire a car when you're up there. However, if you don't want to hire a car, um, AAT, 
A-A-T, Kings, I'll get it out. I was just having a look at their brochure today and they had some lovely little itineraries if you're wanting to do this area, which take in all those areas I have just mentioned, um, including Catherine Gorge, Edith Falls, you know, Kakadu, Lichfield, Lichfield National Park, Yellow Waters, Billabong, Ubia um, Rock, Norlangi Rock, where you see the wonderful Aboriginal rock art. It's all included in these itineraries. And they've also one that does what they call Kakadu's Ancient Secrets. Now, these are only little five and six day itineraries you can do out of Darwin and certainly would be worth considering if you didn't want to drive yourself. So it has a lot to offer. And if you get the chance to go into... Um, Arnhem Land as well, and um, you need a permit to do that. You can always still just fly over it, which, you know, just to promote my son, that's what he's doing up there at the moment. Um, he's taking passengers and, you know, as well as doing his charter work, um, he does flight seeing over that Kakadu escarpment. So you never know, you might even have him flying your plane and taking you on a, a flight seeing option over that area. Some of the photos he has sent during the wet, I must say, Jane, have been absolutely magnificent. Um, some of the aerial shots he's sending us home are, are just wonderful. And like any of these areas, unless you do an aerial tour over it, you've got no idea of the immensity and the size. You know, the same when you do the bungle bungles or over parts of the Kimberley, you know, you really need to do that flight, whether it be fixed wing or helicopter, just so you really get the immensity. I mean, Kakadu is the largest national park in Australia. So it's immense. You know, it's huge. And there's so many different areas you can go into there as well. So, you know, if you haven't done it yet, I, honestly, you will not be at all disappointed and I'm sure you'd agree Jane it's one of the beautiful parts of our country up that top end so you know if you haven't done it already please put it on your bucket list because it's certainly worthwhile doing and the sort of place you can do again and again yes well we do and I mean you know we've been going up there now for about 18 years I suppose on and off because our friends are there so it's a very convenient excuse to visit them but every time we go up and next time we go which we're hoping to go later this year um, maybe around August this time um, and go out to Arnhem Land and do a bit more out there Mount Borrowdale which I believe the rock out out there is absolutely amazing. I know one of the guides we had on the Orion cruise said, if you ever get the opportunity to go out to Mount Borrowdale in Arnhem Land, he said, you'll be blown away by the rock art. So that's another place to keep in mind as well. To NURFM is the station you're listening to. It is Talking Travel. That's the program. Sally Lucas and I are talking travel. Sally, cruising Australia is actually really keen on cruising, it seems. Yes. Well, there was an article in one of our um, newsletters we get, cruise newsletters about all things cruising, and saying it's one of the biggest markets now in the world, Australia, for these cruise vessels, which is where we're fortunate in getting so many of them come here into Newcastle as well, but also being based in Sydney, actually, you know, leaving a vessel there for the summer period, which is, you know, that was unheard of once, you know, for some of these companies are only calling in for a fleeting visit and going again. So we're very lucky there. Princess Cruises is one of them. I think the Diamond Princess, as of next summer, not this one, is going to be based here as well and do all its cruising out of here because they've decided it's just so successful. Um, Australians have really, you know, embraced cruising in all its shapes and forms in a big way. So... I thought, why not talk about a little bit more about some different sort of cruising, which we've been trying to do on a regular basis so that we cover everybody's tastes and styles of cruising that they they would like to do. So this vessel is named after the famous artist Paul Gauguin, and it initially was a cruise company that started, as probably the name suggests, in Tahiti, of course, where he was famous of painting all the Tahitian women. And um, But it was specifically designed to uh, sail in shallow seas that you often get around the islands of, of Tahiti, French 
Polynesia, Polynesia and Southeast Asia. And also it means that it visits small ports that larger ships can't uh, necessarily reach or get into. So that gives you, you know, an idea. You can just be drifting into these wonderful idyllic island locations. And also the difference is it's, it's an informal environment on board, but it is still five star. It's five star luxury service. 70% of their cabins uh, have all got private balconies and they're very spacious. They're not tiny. They're, they're suites and staterooms. You've got an onboard water sports marina, which they establish even when you're, once you're moored, providing you with areas where you can swim, snorkel right off the boat, um, kayaks provided, etc. scuba lessons if you want them with qualified instructors. So, you know, it's a really different sort of cruising and everything's included, like even your wine, your beer, you have a butler service. Um, so it's like when we talked about Club Med last week, how that, you know, one-off payment so you're not putting your hand in your pocket for something every day. You're virtually, you've paid for it before you go and that's that. So it's, it's a good way of, of having a holiday, I think, that you know you don't have any hidden extras. So she only takes 332 guests. She, there is more than one vessel. It was just a poor Gauguin, but they've got a Moana as well now, so they've got a, a second vessel. And that's allowing it to also come into Australia and do some cruises here, as well as, as I said before, they do south, some of Southeast Asia and they're also doing... Um, some of the areas like of the Latin America. But mainly that's where they started was Tahiti and the Society Islands, and this is where I guess they've been more well-known. <clears throat> so 332 guests, they have a, a guest ratio of crew to guest ratio of one per one crew to 1.5 guests. So that's how well you're going to be looked after. Um, so that is it's the highest of any ship serving the North American market anyway as well. All onboard gratuities are also included. And as I said, all complimentary beverages throughout. Um, butler service in the higher categories, although not so much in the lower categories, including an in-suite bar setup. Um, they've got iPods available. They've got in-suite mini bar, which is replenished daily with wine, soft drinks and beer. Um, They've got, we said, a, a dive program board. They have lectures. They have it's open dining, so it's not fixed sittings. Um, you've got elegant restaurants and a pool grill with an open seating dining as well. And they cater for all diets, like whether it be vegetarian or certain dietetic requirements. They they all cater for that as well. T- complimentary twenty four hour room service. In, in you can have in room dining and also in room movie channels and movies are available. So it's really a lovely way of cruising, as I said. And you do have a range of areas now. You, you can you. you can actually cruise in and we're lucky enough as I said to have it included now in coming out to Australia but they do do as I said Latin America the Caribbean and they're also now doing some around Italy Greece and the Dalmatian coast area uh, cruising through the Panama Canal to get them there so you can do like a, lo- a small line voyage with them as well um, as I said and coming out here now they're doing a Fiji coming out from Tahiti to Fiji and then it's a Fiji to Australia and then it's Australia up to Southeast Asia back to here again, back to Fiji, and then another cruise back to the Society Islands again. So you've got a few options available for you there. Beautiful vessel. It's it's a lovely-looking vessel. It looks like, um, how can I explain it? You know, those lovely, the the wealthy that we don't know that you know, live up on around Monte Carlo and Nice with their lovely big cruises. Do you know what I'm saying? It's more like that style. It's not one of those really high ships with masses of you know accommodation on deck which to me don't even look like ships anymore they look like buildings stuck on a i don't know mm. a raft or something but you know this is a very elegant an elegant vessel streamlined beautiful shaped vessel and you really are doing five star cruising and it's 
just nice that we're going to be have availability of it here and not have to even fly somewhere to do it now. So that's something I think that's great. We as I said the cruise market has obviously been proving very very successful in Australia for all companies at at all levels. So that's it's great. It's always fun to talk travel. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thanks, Jane. And we'll be back talking travel again next Friday after the one o'clock news on Two and New RFM.